I'm Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are. Self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable. There are so many aspects of recovery that I'm so excited to cover. But today I'm just going to dip my toe into a concept that has had a huge impact in my own mental health and in my own recovery, not just from alcohol, but you know, as I define recovery, it's coming home to yourself. It's learning how to take care of yourself and to be your own best friend and to figure out what these emotions are about so that we can have intelligent action and get out of our own way and become the best version of ourselves. And codependency has been a huge issue for me. And there's just been layers and layers of awareness that I've come into when I realize codependency as I define it is when we need other people to say or do or be something so that we can feel something different. So it's using other people to regulate our emotions And then quite honestly, blaming other people when we aren't able to regulate our emotions, blaming other people when we get upset or when we feel taken advantage of or when we feel our boundaries are being violated, seeing that as an external problem instead of taking responsibility for the way we're showing up. And even though there's probably something hard that needs to happen, taking our power back And so we release other people from the responsibility of making us happy. So in this episode, it's a short one. I know when I was in early recovery, I loved listening to podcasts, to audible books. And so this episode is not one that I'm just going to free talk. I'm going to read a piece that I wrote about codependency called Confessions of a Raging Codependent. And if this is a topic you're interested in hearing more about, reach out to me, my email's in the show notes, and let me know. Because I love requests, I love getting feedback that something resonated, and then I see that as an invitation to go deeper. So this episode is short and sweet. I'm recording it so that I have a few episodes in the can, and I can enjoy my Christmas break without stressing out about my weekly podcast that I'm having so much fun doing. But I recognize that I also have to pace myself because I'm in it for the long haul. So enjoy Confessions of a Raging Codependent. Getting a divorce was the first time in my life where I chose my own happiness over someone else's. My husband had stopped seeing me as I wanted to be seen. And in turn, I refused to reflect the image of him that matched how he saw himself. The contempt was fatal. Having been together since we were 18, we knew the fault lines of each other's subconscious. There was nowhere to hide. Nobody was buying any more bullshit. It's not that we stopped loving each other, 
so much as we hated who we'd become. We'd been operating under the illusion that happiness is achieved through sacrifice. He worked 80 plus hours a week. I managed our lives and the kids. We lost ourselves in the pursuit of having it all. We valued the images we projected on Facebook more than the reality of who we were. We'd fight whenever we were alone and then resume our performance as couple of the year whenever we had an audience. We were miserable and our kids were living in a war zone. I didn't want to pretend anymore. I couldn't keep smiling and waving. The moment I knew it was over was when he said, I don't think you're funny anymore. Because I am funny, damn it, clever and creative too. But we'd accidentally figured out how to destroy the best parts of each other by simply denying they existed. Gaslighting was the last thing we did well as a couple. I could make the case that he was a narcissist and a workaholic, and he could say that I was an insecure alcoholic. The kind and simple version is that we were two good people caught in a toxic tailspin. We were hopelessly tangled in the cords of emotional codependency, fighting for peace, grasping for approval, drowning in pain. Only one of us could breathe at a time, so we took turns pushing each other's head below the surface. There wasn't room for both of us in that relationship. Divorce wasn't so much a decision as a reflexive instinct to survive. I could only hope that hitting the eject button would save us both. In the heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, traumatic nightmare of a breakup that followed, after four children and 22 years together, he often blamed me for having chose the pain, as though it was something I wanted. And I understand that perspective. I'm the one that said it was over, called time of death on the corpse that was our relationship. Indeed, it takes two to argue, but only one to walk away. And I'm the one that walked away. But I hadn't wanted a divorce. I'd wanted a marriage. And what we had no longer qualified, according to me. I chose me over him. It wasn't his fault that he had married a chameleon. I thought I was so much smarter than him and everyone else because I knew how to be perfect, to say what people wanted to hear, to reflect what someone wanted to see about me, themselves, or anything else. I knew how to use truth as a cover for dishonesty. He wasn't as good at tucking in as crazy. I could still see it, and I didn't like it. I was a spin doctor, projecting pretty images that, on any given day, may or may not have had anything to do with reality. My evil plan was to manipulate everybody into being happy, especially him, which sounds altruistic, but it's actually the dark side of codependency. Because I didn't know how to be okay when things were not okay. My nervous system was highly trained to detect minuscule amounts of unease, and I simply couldn't tolerate emotional discomfort, my own or anyone else's. To me, happiness was check marks on a to-do list, aesthetically pleasing appearances, accolades for performance, and proper plans for the future. 
Love wasn't something you felt. It was something you proved. I used to yell that at my first husband. Love isn't a feeling. It's an action. You're all talk and no walk, asshole. I felt so right about him being wrong. Plus, when an insult rhymes, it's a mic drop. But years later, when I heard myself say the same words to my second husband, the victory felt hollow. Something was off. As John Kabat-Zinn says, wherever you go, there you are. My two husbands have little in common, except that they are both well-educated and white with Midwestern upbringings. They both work in healthcare. Other than being very similar, they are polar opposites. It's been humbling to notice that arguments with my second husband are filled with lines stolen from the script of my first marriage. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, there's so much deja vu that I can't remember where I am. I've noticed that my body has a trauma response when it comes to speaking my truth. When I disagree with my spouse, I don't feel safe. My emotional circuit breakers blow. Despite my desire to behave like a rational and self-respecting adult, I go from calm to batshit insane in about 10 seconds. I either shut down, dissociate, or gear up for World War III. Healing this trauma response takes awareness and time and communication and practice. The patience is implied. I don't want to be this way but I am this way. And the only way to change that is to accept the truth about where I'm at. I'm learning to be okay with not being okay. What I've realized is that my husband is not asking me to deny my truth. My first husband probably wasn't either. I mean, maybe sometimes they are. They are human. They are men. And who wouldn't agree that life is easiest when the little wife just smiles and nods? But I need to own this one. I am the one who hasn't been able to tolerate their truth or my own. And so the foundation of my recovery from codependency is honesty. No matter how inconvenient and uncomfortable, I'm committed to hearing the truth and to telling the truth and to tolerating all of the truths as they are in any given moment even when it's a kaleidoscope of what the fuck. The hardest part of breaking codependent bonds is letting someone think what they're going to think without trying to change it. To let them feel disappointment and anger and blame and the whole rainbow of resistance, even while I feel worse and scared and fuck you very much. I used to work very hard to control what other people think so I didn't have to feel bad about what I thought they were thinking. I'd say yes to sex with my husband, so neither one of us would think I was a frigid bitch. I'd say yes to my kids, so they wouldn't feel resentment. I'd say yes to everything, because God forbid anyone think I'm not fun or up for a challenge or doing my fair share. Trying to control other people's emotions so you don't have to deal with your own is codependency. It's exhilarating and also terrifying to allow other people to think and say and do whatever they're going to think and say and do without interference 
and to not make who they are or what they want my problem. The only way I can be who I am is to let others be who they are. I used to need my spouse to tell me what I wanted to hear. In exchange, I'd do the same. That's super fun for a while, but at some point, the buzz wears off and the bullshit starts to stink. Granting each other the dignity to feel pain and fear and desire and disgust without insisting that emotions be filtered and censored and modified for approval is love. Turns out, love isn't something you do or prove or say or don't say. It's allowing people to be who they are, yourself included. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 days to spontaneous sobriety course where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.